Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver. And if you're listening, then you know this show is all about the grindhouse, the little scene, the gems in the rough, but mainly horror stuff. Uh, And today uh, I'm going to be talking about basically the mother of all horror movies that I've seen lately. But before then, uh, I just want to talk a little bit about the next upcoming episodes that I'm going to be doing. Um, This week I'm going to be doing, uh, I'm going to actually be getting probably about 10 different Blu-ray releases in the mail. And all of them are prime, prime underbelly stuff. Um, I have talked about a few of them already. Uh, One of them is the uh, Italian alien ripoff called Contamination. And um, that one there is going to be released on the Arrow label here in the United States. And I can't wait to get that one. It's one of my favorite alien knockoffs of all time. It's it's a blast. The more you watch it, the more the the better it gets. It's it's great. Um so I'll be definitely diving into that one later on and I'm sure being it's an arrow release there's going to be all sorts of uh great special features on there and I'm guessing that the transfer is going to look amazing as well. So I can't wait to watch that one. Um also uh Umberto Lenzi's Spasmo. I have never watched that one before, but that's going to be released by Scorpion and uh I have that one coming as well. So I'm looking forward to watching to watching that one, and it looks that one looks to be uh, like a murder mystery giallo. So those are always good. And if it's Umberto Lenzi, then I'm guessing there's going to be a smattering of uh, smut in there as well. So also this week, I'm going to be getting uh, two late '80s Italian uh, horror movies. And the late '80s, I've already discussed this on my show. The late '80s, uh, very, very, very different in tone and style than the late 70s, early 80s. And there's only like a, honestly, there's only like a really, like a handful of, uh, of Italian movies from the late 80s that really work. And these two, for me, really, really work. Now, again, they're bad, but they're great. Uh, And I have, these are movies I've discussed on this show already. Ghost House is one of them, and Witchery is the other. And, uh, I don't want to get into you know who stars in them, who act you know actors, story, all that stuff. That will come later. Even though I have discussed them already on the show, these are Blu-ray releases, so I want to comment on the sound quality and the picture quality, and if there is any special features. Uh, that one in particular, those two movies are going to be a double. Uh, it's a double feature on Scream Factory, on one Blu-ray. So usually those don't come with. Uh, a whole lot of extras, if any, maybe a, a theatrical trailer, a audio commentary, something like that. I'm not sure, so we shall see. But those are two great examples of fun uh, late '80s Italian uh, horror movies. So I'll be getting into those as well. Uh, however, here's the here's the main ones that I'm looking forward to getting. I'm getting six different um, Italian Mad Max post-apocalyptic movies. And three of them are from Blue Underground, and three of them are from the always reliable Code Red. And um, the first batch that I'm going to be getting uh, is going to be coming from uh, from Code... Or from, I'm sorry, from, uh, from Blue Underground. And uh, I, I'm really, really, really looking forward 
uh, to getting those. They're um, I, as far as the quality. I literally, I I got to tell you, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure. Um, the uh, the picture quality, the uh, um, the sound quality, the uh, the features. If it's coming out on Blue Underground, I would I would suspect that there's going to have some decent extras. Um, so the movies that um, that I'll be getting from from uh, Blue Underground, one of them is 1990, The Bronx Warriors, and there's no way that the movies are going to be as good as the covers because these covers are so uh, great. Um, there's two. Uh, this 1990 Bronx Warriors is the first film um, in this Bronx Warriors trilogy. There's this is a trilogy. The next one is Escape from the Bronx from 1983, and the first one here is from 19. 19- uh, 82, then 83, and then The New Barbarians, also known as Warriors of the Wasteland, both from 1983, uh, those last two. So um, those are the three that I will be getting from uh, Blue Underground. Now, uh, the last batch from Code Red are the ones that I'm really looking forward to because I have heard really, really good things about this, um, about these movies, and so I'm, I'm excited. Uh, that, uh, those movies would be The Sisterhood, Equalizer 2000 and Wheels of Fire, and they are uh, the, the covers are impossibly cool. They're so great, and they're all Roger Corman movies. So, yay! I can't wait. So those are all coming later this week. So the next couple episodes, and being that's ten different movies, uh, and because of that, I would say that the next probably three episodes I will be focusing on those and maybe trying to squeeze in some other stuff in there too uh, that I don't get covered on the other show that I co-host, Movie Freaks. So I just want to make sure that I cover as much as I can because those those really fall into the uh, the soft underbelly uh, my show. So the movie I am going to be really hitting on today, um, I want to give a little bit of backstory on this one. Um, and if I do sound kind of raspy or whatever, uh, it's probably because I'm kind of hungover. And I'm taping this show in the morning, and that's okay because that's how this show rolls. I tape whenever I can, and if it's hangover time, that's fine. It might even make the show a little bit better because uh, it goes hand-in-hand hand with the garbage that I watch, some of the garbage I watch. So um, the movie that I'm going to be talking about today is um, every now and then uh, a movie comes along that genuinely, genuinely shocks me, and it it is such a rare occurrence anymore. I'm 40 years old, pushing 41. Uh, I've seen it all. Uh, I, I love these types of movies. I love this genre. Uh, I love horror movies. So I try to see anything and everything um, from the very, very, very old to the newest um, slickly shot on video crap from Asylum or whatever. Uh, so I, I try to have a broad <clears throat> spectrum of movies that I watch. And every now and then one uh, I'll come across one that genuinely, truly shocks me, <clears throat> and um, I just wanted to make mention of this too: is the fact that um, it, this show is uh, for me. If even if there be no listeners, <clears throat> hopefully there's at least one or two, but if there be no listeners, uh, it still gives me an outlet to talk about uh, movies that generally don't get acknowledged. Uh, or movies that uh, I would be shamed into even enjoying from where I come from. And I come from a very rural, small, uh, Amish town in Ohio. And I've learned through the years, the older I get, and it actually took me moving out of the state 
um, especially out of the county, but out of the state, to see that there is more to life than just one small segregated area of the uh, United States and the world. And um, even though I was very sheltered in that area, I still, uh, my passion has always been movies and my likes have always been movies and the extreme and the weird and stuff like that. So I still, I, I when I lived there, I was still trying to branch out and, and see as much as I could. But I it was just hard to, because uh, other than my co-host Eric Marner on Movie Freaks, I really had no one to talk to about this, about these movies, because no one from where I'm from, they don't, this is the evil, bad, you're going to hell watching this stuff, blah, 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 whatever. And um, so it literally took me moving to Florida um, to see that it's not just about small town conservative right wing Christian whatever, and I'm I'm gonna try not to get too political here because uh, this show is not about politics. But I just want to just to give you a little bit of backstory of where I come from and who I am today. Um, I think because there was so much sheltering going on in that small community, um, it definitely made me rebel even more than I would have normally if I would have been able to um, express my true self from early on. Uh, and instead, it was, you know, it's, no, you can't look like this. You can't have hair like this. You can't get tattoos. You can't watch movies like this. Oh, you you like heavy metal music? No, you can't do that because that's all worldly devil stuff and blah, blah, blah. Well, um, all that made me do was uh, make me want it more. And I figure... I'm I'm made a certain way to enjoy certain things, and I no matter how hard I try to not maybe I don't want to say how hard I try not not to like that stuff. Um, I still that's just part of who I am. I love horror movies. I love I've ever since uh, The Shining when I was seven years old, eight years old, and I watched some of it on television. I fell in love with it, and so I think it's just there's just certain people that really like that kind of stuff and like the macabre and maybe that's an outlet and I'm that's I'm one of them and um doesn't make me a bad person I don't think uh but anyway so I'm I'm this is rabbit trailing but I did want to talk about it a little bit just about uh the ultra conservative uh area that I came from versus where I am now I'm the farthest thing from that and thank thank god I am uh that's not me at all um so anyway, that brings us to today's movie that I'm going to be talking about. And after I talk about this movie, I'm going to hit on a couple other newer releases that I've seen just to um, uh, just to wash the bad taste of the movie that I'm going to be talking about out of my mind because it's early in the morning and this is not the uh, uh, not the feel good movie of the uh, of the day. Trust me. Um, so. Uh, I'll start with the fact that this is an extreme movie, and um, like I like I said before, I have I've seen it all. Uh, I've seen shockumentary like real death stuff. I've seen I've seen the Mondo movies like the fake fake, but uh, I've seen it all, and I've seen the crazy French stuff, uh, Martyrs, Irreversible, and. Um, very few movies really get to me anymore. Obviously, the original Exorcist really got got to me. Still does. Um, uh, for some odd reason, Human Centipede Part Two really gets to me. Even though that movie doesn't get a whole lot of love, it, it still was a pretty rough movie for me to get through. Um, 
Uh, and then there's some older movies from the 80s that, that, really, uh, that were really tough. Aftermath, which is only a half hour long, but it, ha- it must be seen to be believed. Um, Children uh, Behind the Sun, I think is what it's called. Uh, it deals with experiments in Japan on Chinese people during World War II, whatever. It was horrible. Um, uh, and also, uh, Guinea Pig, Flower of Flesh and Blood. And um, that leads me to the movie I'm going to talk about today is um, the Guinea Pig series was a, a Japanese series that was filmed back in the 80s. Uh, the first two in that series were mock uh, fake snuff films, like where they, you get the camera set up and people are eviscerated. And um, the first time I watched the first two, especially the second one, Flower of Flesh and Blood, I was shocked. Um, it was horrific as some dude in a samurai outfit um, and drugs some woman, ties her up, gives her drugs, and then just just it just eviscerates her on camera. And the way the cameras were set up and everything, it made it very it made it feel like it was truly a snuff film being shot. Um, in fact, uh, I believe it was Charlie Sheen that saw a bootleg copy of that here in the States back when it came out, and he freaked out, contacted the police, because he thought that he actually had uh, acquired a real snuff film, and it's, it's not. Interestingly enough, on American Gu- or, uh, on, uh, on Guinea Pig, uh, Flower of Flesh and Blood, there's actually an alternate version that you can watch that gets rid of s- certain camera angles so that it truly feels like this is just one dude in his basement uh, killing some lady. Uh, and they, I think they add scratches, and it's it's like all beat up VHS, whatever. Uh, I don't, I have not seen that version. I've just watched the uh, the other the longer version from Unearthed. So um, last week I watched a movie called American Guinea Pig: Bouquet of Guts and Gore, um, and um, the title is already. Uh, if that doesn't scare you off, then nothing will. Uh, Seventy three minutes long. I've been hearing about this movie for a while, following them on Facebook a little bit, just uh, because I watched all the American guinea or I've watched all the guinea pig movies. And actually, after the first two Japanese guinea pig movies, there was four other ones, and they completely went a different direction from what the first two were like. And in in um, various quality, the third one, Mermaid in a Manhole, was good, Um, but after that, it was they were all junk. Um, so I'm not sure where this new series, if it is going to be a series, is going to go, but, uh, Stephen Brio directed it and wrote it. Um, and I believe, um, looking at the, uh, okay, I thought that he started it as well, but he did not. Um, um, I will say that Jim Van Bieber is in the movie and he actually was, he's a filmmaker and he actually made, um, another movie, that falls under the extreme hard to watch for me, and that was the Manson family. Uh, that was one of the harder movies I've sat through as well. So he is he uh, has a very small part in this movie, and as far as the effects go, I'm not sure if he was involved in the effects. But um, anyway, storyline for American Guinea Pig: Bouquet of Guts and Gore. Two women are abducted by a group of snuff filmmakers and brought into a hellish nightmare of unmistakable brutality, viciousness, and destruction that will leave every viewer shocked, amazed, and awestruck. There's your storyline. This is one that um, 
like I said, I'm, I'm always looking for movies that, you know, claim that they're going to, to shock you and well, let's see if they really do. This one here, without a doubt, one of, if not the sickest things I have ever seen in my life. I'm, I can't, I'm 40 years old. I've seen it all. Uh, I've watched so many of these types of movies. Serbian film, which I thought was a joke. Uh, overproduced, slickly shot, trying to offend, whatever. Nah, nah. This movie, however, is the lowest of the lowest of the low-fi. Um, so we're talking uh, Super 8 cameras, um, or eight, maybe 8 millimeter. I'm not even sure what they're using. VHS. The quality is atrocious on this thing. Uh, the acting is is not good, um, but that's okay. That's not why this movie exists. Um, this is this movie exists solely to disturb and uh, and gross the audience out. There is literally no story other than it's a couple dudes in really evil-looking masks, uh, drug two women, and tie them to beds, and they just slowly start to kill them for an hour. Um, inject them with, I think, ecstasy. Uh, so there is, I guess there is some sort of a small story there in that they're actually filming these to sell to clients or whatever. Um I'm not going to say a whole lot about what happens in the movie, uh, because if you're listening to this show and you are remotely interested, then I'll leave those surprises all to you to discover on your own. But I am a jaded, jaded horror fan, and this one here was one of the hardest things I have ever had to sit through. Um, the evilness on display in this movie I have rarely seen in a movie ever before ever um and, and I guess I guess the credit's got to go to uh Stephen Brio for making this and making it truly evil and feeling evil like I've seen other you know even Serbian film for example um that one gets that supposedly a, uh has gained a lot of notoriety um due to the subject matter and I uh, it just felt fake to me. This does not feel fake. Um, this truly feels like everybody behind the camera is genuinely an evil human being. Um, what they uh, what they do to these girls is just I uh, I've seen real real life murders on screen on on the computer on the internet that are not like this. This is just terrible. Um, so. If you have, um, if you have any amount of, uh, I'm not sure what the words are, yeah, stamina. If you want to try to sit through this thing, have at it. Uh, but be prepared; it is uh, as rough as I've ever, as anything I've ever seen ever. Um, and I bravo to the, uh, uh, bravo to the cast for for succeeding in truly truly disturbing me um some notes here of the trivia writer and director Stephen Brio named the two female victims in the movie after his two ex-wives Amy and Erica when asked why he would do such a thing he laughed and said I wanted to immortalize them they were a huge part of my life and I didn't want either of them to go but they did so how else 
was a lovelorn ex-husband supposed to deal with it simply by butchering them both beyond recognition? Don't worry, we did it lovingly. Um, uh, so, I, here I'm going to give you one scene from this movie. And if this seems like something that you want to see, um, then... Hunt it down. It's available on DVD here soon. I actually watched it online. There's a website that that streams movies. I watched it online. Um, uh, guy puts a lit cigarette out into one of our female's eyes and pushes it down into her eye, um, and then continues from there. And we see this all lovingly up close. It's it's burned into my brain and it's so terrible. Um, the ending of this movie, I th- and I you know I thought I had seen it all, and then the last two minutes of the movie happen, uh, and I've never seen anything like it in my life. It's so wrong on so many levels, um, and I'm not going to say what it is, but um, there is no way something like this could have been made. Uh, 20 years ago. It, it's so far above and beyond what I saw in the original guinea pig movies. Uh, it's it's horrible. I think with a little bit more money, some of the effects could have even been more realistic, but even though some of them are not as realistic as, uh, as some others, it's still horrific. But be careful. Uh, if you're treading into this type of thing, you got to know what you're getting yourself into. It is truly disturbing. So, um, now just to wash my mind of that movie, uh, and I did want to talk about that movie here versus on Movie Freaks because it is such a hardcore um, niche title that there is like zero zero like point zero 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 one percent of the population or the listeners that would even be remotely curious about watching that. I want to hit that hit on that movie on this show. Um, okay, so next up, I wanted to hit on a movie that I just recently watched from the ever non-reliable Asylum, uh, that f- wonderful filmmaking company that spurts out God only knows how many movies a year, um, most of which are uh, rip-offs of current releases. So anything from... Um, just do a search. Any big blockbuster, it seems like they have a movie to counter that. Mad Max, they have one from on Mad Max and Jurassic Park, and um, even bombs like uh, Battleship. They had their own, I think, American Warships, Hobbit movies. I mean, they, they, any movie, um, big budget movie, it seems like they have their own version of. And they're, for the most part, terrible. Uh, yet, I still try to watch one every now and then, just in the off chance that the somewhat cool trailer that, because they can cut some pretty good trailers, um, that it might actually live up to the trailer, and they all pretty much never do. And what's what's interesting about them is that, uh, especially recently watching their movies, they actually have, it seems like, relatively decent budgets. So there are there is money behind the camera, and they're actually able to get somewhat decent actors for their movies anymore. Now, I I say uh, decent. Lots of, I hate to say washed up, but, um, you know, you got Carl Weathers, uh, and the one I'm going to talk about today is Christopher Lloyd, Shannon Doherty. And while, yeah, they're not A-listers, um, 
it's still, you know, Christopher Lloyd, Back to the Future, and, you know, Shannon Doherty, she's, she was on the, was it 90210 for how many years? So it's not like these are inexperienced bad actors. They're, they're not. Um, you know, Zach Ward is in this movie I'm going to be talking about today, and he, you know, he's done some good stuff. He was actually the bully in A Christmas Story. And, uh, and he's been in some other stuff too. Actually, I believe he's been in some Yui Bowl movies. Um, so there you go. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is that these actors, they, they've done other stuff. And so having said that, um, I, I'm just, sometimes I'm surprised that at the quality of some of these movies, like it's missed opportunity to me, and especially this one today. Uh, I watched Blood Lake and it's on Netflix and the cover is, is so cool and they only feed on one thing. Um, it's, it's about lampreys. It's uh, after chomping through the fish population, thousands of starving lampreys begin attacking the citizens of a sleepy lake town and the community scrambles to stay alive. Um, what I have noticed with Asylum is that when they, tr- when they stick with more smaller scale stories, even though the budgets are still, you know, what they are, um, and the CGI is still lousy. It's almost like when they focus on, like, this is a creature feature. It works more than when they're trying to do some huge Transformers, like, uh, ripoff, like Transmorphers. They have something called Transmorphers. Um, or American Battleships. Like, when they try to do the big budget thing where they really have to fake their big action stuff, it looks so fake. Well, here, all they're really faking is CGI eels. Uh, and even some of those are actual real props up close. Uh, there's some ac- some actual real prosthetic makeup effects in this. I'm like, bravo, good job. Um, this movie here, uh, it's the best of my, the best way to compare this movie would be the uh, uh, J.P. Simone's Slugs from 1985, I think, which I love. I love the movie Slugs. It may have been 86 or 87. Anyway, I love that. It's one of my favorite creature features. And um, Blood Lake is very similar to that. And uh, obviously, if we're talking about creature features like slugs, that is a ripoff of Jaws. A lot of these are ripoffs of Jaws. Uh, Piranha is a ripoff of Jaws. They all are doing the same thing, which you got the cop, and there's a creature that is infesting the town, and there's the mayor or the governor or something that is trying to stop the cop from doing his job and people die and blah, blah, blah. That's, that's the storyline. It's Jaws. And Blood Lake is no different. It's Jaws, just asylum version, pretty much. Uh, and, and instead of their really lame, huge CGI sharks, this is lame uh, lamprey eels. But I will say that uh, it's got a relatively short runtime and it moves at a pretty good pace. And I actually enjoyed it for what it was. This is probably the best... Asylum movie that I've seen, and that's saying something, because it's still not that good, uh, but it is watchable. And what could have elevated this from just merely watchable to actually flat-out entertaining, and like that's a pretty good movie, was if they would have just used practical effects. Um, they, and honestly, for me, they can look fake. Uh, just throw a bunch of rubber lamprey eels on the floor and somehow make them wiggle, and there you go, done. Um, I, I don't know why it's so hard. Instead, they have this insanely fake CGI that does not work. Um, but I, maybe I'm not the demographic for these things anymore. I'm, I'm 40 and I just, I, I don't have a lot of patience for that 
that junk. Give me practical effects any day, uh, even if it looks fake. It's at least you can tell it's an actual it's an actual something on camera versus nothing on camera. Uh, but uh, I'll tell you what the movie itself. Yeah, the acting isn't that great, but if you're looking for a no-brainer creature feature, this is worlds better than the Sharknado garbage and the Sharktopus and the blah blah and all those silly, crazy things. This one here wasn't that terribly bad. Shot Very slickly shot. Again, uh, I don't know what the budgets are for these, but I'm pretty impressed with, with, um, with how good it looked. And this one actually aired on Animal Planet. Um... An asylum movie aired on Animal Planet. So there you go. Yes, the world is coming to an end. Um, anyway, I wanted to get to talk about something a little bit more lighthearted after um, well, me, me bitching and moaning about my where I come from, followed by that horrendous movie that I watched. But um, anyway, so there is... There is two opposite ends of the spectrum with American Guinea Pig, Bokeh of Guts and Gore, and Blood Lake. So, have at it. Do I recommend them? Not really, but I talked about them nonetheless. You can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com. Make sure to check... That is going to do it for my show. But again, stay tuned for the next couple episodes. They're going to be really fun talking about the uh, Italian post-apocalyptic Mad Max ripoffs. I can't wait. They're going to be awesome. I, I, I'm, I just have this feeling that even if one or two of them suck, there's going to be some true gems there to be, to be found. So stay tuned for those coming soon. Uh, and until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>